with your solution, we took that from a three month window of waiting to make decisions to literally hours. And so it's that sort of, because again, a lot of the automation and, and a lot of the manual work involved in getting to the point to actually do the analysis is eliminated. Welcome to Uptech Report. This is our Applied Tech series. Uptech Report is sponsored by TerraLeap. Learn how to leverage the power of video at TerraLeap.io. Today, I am joined by my guest, Verl Allen, who's based in Utah. He's the CEO at Clarivine. Welcome, Verl. Good to have you on. Great to be here. Now, Clarivine is a platform for data standardization and integrity platform all around content really. You guys are focused on, on, on CMOs, helping CMOs of enterprise, enterprise specifically. Did I have that correct? That's correct. Yeah. And it's primarily around the, the customer experience. So that, that, you know, that includes content, includes um, campaigns and marketing and advertising. It also includes products. So it's everything kind of around That's that customer board. experience. All the pieces come together. Now, before the existence of SaaS and software in, in today's context of, of why you guys exist, People are using what before you? Spreadsheets? Yeah, there's, there's, yeah, like a lot of companies out there today that exist on the SaaS side of selling to large enterprise, it really was kind of started, this problem existed and was being solved largely with trying to be solved in the enterprise with, with spreadsheets. And I think what you've seen happen in the last 10 years is the number of SaaS solutions and the, the amount of data being generated has exploded. You reach a point where that solution just doesn't work anymore. Uh, columns and, and, and rows and other tabs and this spreadsheet for that. I, I feel like you were talking about the spreadsheet almost becomes an application itself. Yeah. In, in a sense, it, it's really saying, you know what, we, we had an application we're using to create and manage this data, but ultimately Excel is not a data management solution and it's really not an enterprise solution and collaboration is a big part of this. Um, and so it's a lot about not what we're solving is not just a technology and a data problem, but it's also around, when we think about standards, it's around um, collaboration and it's around people. And it's, and it's really trying to kind of manage that problem from a technology, a people, and a process perspective across the enterprise. The, the company started in, in 2013. You joined in, in 2018. Um, and and some of the, the, one of the customers I think you mentioned is uh, Under Armour. Um, and, and they it's like across the board of, as far as like the content team, marketing team, agencies, how many people are from, are they then using your platform? Yeah. Within their organization, there's more than hundred people using our application and it's, and it's not just, not just employees, but it's also like, like you mentioned people on the agent, you know, they have, they have people on their agency side as well as contractors and other people, anybody that's kind of connected to that customer experience is really involved in, in using our application. Cause again, really what it's about is driving kind of enterprise level data standards which have, there's a lot of far reaching impacts around that and, and the implications of that and the importance of that. What's, what's the biggest pain that you've seen, um, you know, CMOs of enterprise when it comes to this content, uh, just data that's around, the biggest pain that they have and that you're focused on solving? Yeah, so, so if you think about what's happened, you know, over the last, you know, like the last 10 years is that everybody's focused on the automation, personalization, and, and doing it at scale. And the challenge you have is that as you start handing off those de that decisioning to machines, if the data is not clean and the data is not consistent and it's not standardized, 
as you're getting data and, and, you're, and you're getting data back from all sorts of different applications, the average marketing organization, the enterprise has over 80 point SaaS solutions. Well, those point SaaS solutions all have kind of their own proprietary and unique data models, not because they're, they were just architect that, they're all architected and, and kind of developed independent of each other. And there's not a way to kind of, there's not a unification layer around the data for that. So you've got in situations where you're delivering experience in the enterprise, there's multiple applications involved in either the creation, the delivery, um, the measurement of that. And really what we do is help solve a kind of data standardization and create a layer that, uh, of data. And in some ways think about it as metadata that is able to be, to enrich and to um, enhance the data that you're getting from all these different applications and provide a bridge across them um, from, a, from just really a data standards perspective. Now, how is this is this flow happening? But effectively, you're you're connecting all the different other you said like average of eighty other SaaS solutions that an enterprise has. It's coming then through first uh, Clarivine, and then be, people blog into Clarivine to to see that enriched data. Is that what it is? Yeah, really. The way to think about it is, um, and it's it's a little bit. I think there was a company called BASF back in the eighties or nineties, and it's kind of the, the the products we make help other products work better. And the way I think about our business is we, the data that customers are creating, managing in our, our application, in a lot of cases, they're, we're ingesting data from other applications and they're standardizing it. The data that we create helps other applications, other analytics solutions, other processes work better, whether it's machine learning, whether it's BI, whether it's analytics, whether it's optimization. Let's, let's actually like just dig in for a second. We keep talking about data. Let, give me an example. Give me an analogy. Help me understand it in play when we talk about data and someone's using it. What does that look like? Yeah. So, so the way to think about it is if, if as you're collecting, say, for example, the, 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 the way that systems name data. So they may, you may call in one system, you know, if you're even simple example, if you're, if you're publishing an ad on Facebook, the ad server may refer to Facebook as FB. You may have another system, your, your, um, your um, creative system may refer to ad placement as Facebook. I mean, it's the simplest stuff like that. The, the, the thing, that's a simple example, but even as you pass creative IDs from application to application, those, those applications will actually create their own, have their own way of creating a ID for that creative. So yeah, your, your digital asset management solution or your, it may have a certain way that ID is using for a piece of creative, but once it goes to your ad server, once it goes to other applications, they create their own IDs. And so how do you string across those applications that, yeah, this experience involved this piece of creative because, it, because the actual delivery and the actual measurement of that are happening in other systems and, the, and even the IDs get changed. And so we, we start to provide a map, if you want to call it that, of that data and, and then standards for that data. So as the data goes down into um, analytics and, and these other systems that their machines are processing the data, it's, it's cleaner, it's, it's more clearly defined and the data is, is consistent across all those different, uh, all those different applications so that the machines can actually determine what that is. Uh, how me understand though, like give me an analogy or a use case where you actually saw the problem that, that these enterprises are facing. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, I was on a call with a large, and again, it's a global uh, technology company. That everyone, if I said their name, everyone would recognize it. I was on a call with them and one of the one of the largest uh, global advertising firms and companies in the, in the in the in the world. And we were on the call talking with the client about 
the agency adopting our solution. And it turned into a situation where they, the agency pulls up a spreadsheet. It's a massive spreadsheet. And they start talking through and they're like, okay, we're, on, we're using version 121. And the client pulls up a spreadsheet like, wait, what are you talking about? We're not on that version. We're on a totally different version. And we don't even have, they start going through like there's a bunch of gaps of what we have and what you guys have. So like, hold on, hold on. So they, like, they get that figured out. We're kind of just sitting here watching this happen. And then they, they, they finally kind of get on the same page. And the agency starts talking about a particular field of data and said, hey, this field, and they start describing what that field is. And then the client's like, wait a second, we're using that field for these purposes downstream in, in, in some of the work we're doing on the BI side and some of the, some of the analytics work we're doing. We There's actually have so that field something totally different. Like that's not what that field and what you're describing, we, we assume that was this. And so there was a complete disconnect as the two, as we just sat there and kind of watched this between the two of them. And we have this conversation all the time. It's pretty surprising common. to me that this, yeah, we, we are sitting in these awkward conversations between the brand and the agency. And does it seem normal so, for them? Huh? It, does this sound, does this seem normal to them that like, oh yeah, they're, they're kind of almost used to this issue? I think what happens, and we see this a lot is there's this, how we call it, a little bit of entropy, what enters, which is like complacency, maybe is one way to say it, where they assume things are the way they are. There's assumptions that, yeah, what you sent us and what we're using are, are good. Then they start to realize, well, A, there's all sorts of errors in this thing. B, we interpreted what you guys sent us a couple of years ago, and the person that got it is gone. We don't know where they're at. And they left. And we're not even, we're not even clear on what the meanings between these two are. And we're not even on the same versions of the spreadsheet. And, and so, but, but again, these are situations where they're using this data and inputting this data to make really critical business decisions. And there's not alignment and there's not consistency or these standards we talk about, and there's not one place in which this is managed. And so it, you can see how it's very easily when you easy for an organization that has multiple geographies, multiple teams in different channels, multiple agencies they're using, and you're talking hundreds of people trying to manage a business, really doing data management in a spreadsheet. It becomes utter chaos. And that's really what we're eliminating and that's what we're, we're alleviating. And it's all the sorts of things that you think about that are missing from that, from a data management perspective and in the sense of understanding when data gets changed, who changed it, why they changed it, and all that, all that, all that, all those standard features that people expect in a, in a data management solution that are just missing in a spreadsheet. And that's, that's, that's kind of where it starts. And then it's, and then the thing, you know, well, the, the, uh, the spreadsheet does not connect into all these systems. And that's, then, then it kind of just goes, the problem branches out from there as you think about it. If an enterprise CMO doesn't have a solution like yours, how does that play out? How does that felt then? Yeah, so as you're thinking about cross-channel optimization and cross-channel measurement of performance of, of you know, so let's say you're, 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 you're advertising um, across different walled gardens. How do you, how do you then measure performance across those different channels if you don't have standards in place? Or how do you measure not just advertising, but, you know, email and other, other channels. And really what it is, it's to a certain degree where we kind of was all started was really about enabling that cross-channel measurement we don't actually, again, we're not, we're not an analytics solution. We really are a data standardization solution. So 
our data feeds into the analytics and enables those sorts of analysis to take place that right now, a lot of companies are struggling. In a lot of cases, there's a lot of data cleanup and a lot of um, um, manual work involved in getting those, those, those results. And it's, it's interesting, I, there's one of the big pharma companies, um, I had a conversation with them one time and they said, listen, before we started using Clarivine, it took us three months, three months to do analysis of campaigns and performance and so we're coming back three months later and making decisions about what happened three months ago and the environment's completely changed. With your solution, we took that from a three-month window of waiting to make decisions to literally hours. And so it's that sort of, because again, a lot of the automation and, and a lot of the manual work involved in getting to the point to actually do the analysis is eliminated. And we see the same thing with, with other folks we're working with. There's a big gap between, um, I'll call it the operations, marketing, ad ops, and all that stuff and the an analytics. And it's that gap between the two where there's a lot of manual work and ETL and data cleanup that has to happen that we eliminate a lot of that. So the big result of the success is the decreased time of getting an answer to, hey, did this campaign work? All the places that we use this content, that it was showed up here and we used it in this ad and it was displayed over here, you're able to get the results of across the board of all your different applications all speaking together. You see the results of all of it together it mostly instantaneously? Yeah, and that's and that's that's kind of one application is around campaigns, right? You understand that cross-channel, but there's but but you think about that data that they're getting from experiences, they're using it for all sorts of other decision making in the organization. We have we have companies that are also looking at it saying, hey, we're struggling on our finance organizations to understand performance within different business units because the data that we're getting back is again, it's coming from multiple applications. How do we how do we create a standard across this so it, it's, it's much easier, quicker to actually do the analysis? So, so what you're talking about with campaigns and cross-channel, what we're talking about campaigns, is kind of one use case, if you want to call it that, of how our, our data is used. But, but ultimately, what we're solving is, is really kind of this, this idea of like, ultimately, what, what companies are trying to get at is better quality data results in better decisions and better, you know, better results. And that... I think most organizations we talk to them, we talk about data quality as data integrity. Most, most organizations are struggling to actually get the definition or the, the quality of data they need to make real, real good decisions. And, and again, a lot of that decision-making is moving to machines. And so if that's not in place, either the set of data you're using to, to decision off on the machine learning side is much smaller because you got, again, you have to get to a certain level of, um, fidelity in that data and quality of that data, or there's a lot of time spent cleaning that data up. You know, people talk about data scientists, they say 80%, you know, a lot of people talk about this, 80% of data science data. time is spent cleaning data and it's that small leftover sliver of 20% is left to do analysis, which is what you really hire them to do. And so we're trying to, to eliminate a lot of that kind of data cleanup. So you're, the majority of solutions and content out there is taking it after the fact Yes. Let's take the data. Let's clean it up. What you're trying to do is get in front of it where those who are creating it or and the content, you're, you're creating standardization. Yeah. That so that's a great way to think about it. So historically, the way we solve kind of data quality is it's it's been a reactive approach to, to creating data quality and data, right? We take a very different view of that. And we look at it as it's, it's much more about a proactive way at the, at, at the, think about it, think about the, the automakers in the 70s, right? As cars rolled off the line, 
until they really built total quality into that process, they were fixing doors falling off and you know things not working on the out in a parking lot at the end of the um, um, supply line. Or excuse me, the, the manufacturing line. When they put quality into the manufacturing process and us putting data standards on the front end of this process with the business teams, it ends up driving quality throughout the process. So by the time it, and the data ends up in the, in the you know in the analytics. Um, solutions or in the data, you know, the cloud-based data lake for, for MI, ML and AI, quality is the, the, the quality is kind of built into the data. And that, that set of data we send along with the behavioral data is, is an added set of data or metadata, if you want to call it that, that, that they can decision off of. And um, it, it is really, something you're... in a lot of ways, a bridge between the quant side of the house and the creative side of the house. Is that something that you're setting up manually per enterprise is those connections and creating that standardization for them? Like, let's, let's come with our common knowledge here. This program here is going to bring in this data. Is that something that you just say here, where are all your connections and it does it automatically? What's that process? Yeah. So a lot of it is we have, we have situations where customers are, again, if you think back historically, people are managing a bunch of data, operational data, strategic data, information about what experiences were meant to be, what was happening in the organization. They're managing a bunch of this data in spreadsheets. We've pulled that into an application and there's a bunch of governance, if you want to call that around that. So as you're creating data in our application or you're ingesting data into our application, what we, what we have is we have a standard that which that data, the way that data should look, the data is coming in and it's not correct. We identify where there are problems and we either fix it in an automated way or we surface it to allow the, the end users to, to correct that information. And so that's, that's really, to a large degree, what we're doing is helping to ensure that the data that we're creating, the data that's being collected and created in our application, conforms to a standard. For you personally, like your, your background came from Adobe, right? So you, that's you've, correct. So you've, you've been in the enterprise space and, and understanding the, the, maybe some of the challenges. Why are you passionate about this? Because, you know, as I, as I was at Adobe, I spent about 12 years at Adobe and I came to Adobe via the acquisition of a company called Omniture. And Omniture was a, a large kind of digital enter, enterprise uh, analytics application. As, as I came over there, what we ended up doing over about a 12-year period was acquiring a, a series of companies and built out what, what is now the Adobe Experience Cloud. What I saw happening as we did that is I saw this over the years, this proliferation of applications in the organization. And it seemed like we at Adobe, even across our application set, which was in the Experience Cloud, had trouble actually being able to provide clear answers when the decision involved data from this application and this application, which we own both of them. And they both came through acquisitions, but even there was not even standards between those two applications. So in a lot of cases, I, I could get an answer here, which would be X. I get an answer here that would be Y. If I pulled the data together and I cleaned it up, I'd get a totally different answer. And so that's where it started becoming a problem because you, I, we've all, if, if, if you've been in a, in a large, you know, in a company, in a marketing meeting, everybody brings data to the table and, you know, you go around the room and you ask this person, what, what, how did your team perform and how many acquisitions customers acquired this team and this team, and everybody has their own answers. And then as you start summarizing that data and aggregating that data, there's a totally different set of answers. You know, this, the, if you take the sum of them, it equals 2x what you actually did in new customers. 
And so that's, that's part of what we're helping them to realize is that it, it all starts with standards. If you do not have standards that understand how the data fits together, it's really difficult to actually come to an answer. And I've seen that throughout my career time and time again. And as this industry has exploded, and then again, that this fragmentation at the application layer, everybody, everybody the last 10 years was focused on automating and, and being able to market in, and, and acquire customers from all these different channels that were emerging and popping up across the ecosystem. You know, 10 years ago, we didn't have, you know, social really wasn't a channel for marketing. And now there's a proliferation of, of different social options out there that people are acquiring customers from. But it was application after application that was put in place to manage these. There wasn't a lot of thought about, hey, how do we deal with the data coming from all these different applications that have different data models? In the last few years, what's happened as you see with Snowflake and AWS and others is as these large, as all this data infrastructure has moved to the cloud, it's now enabled them to pull all this data in. And the question is now, what do you do with it? And again, the way we've operated in the past is it's the data problem is the data team's problem. That's their problem. But what we've kind of realized like that, the problem you end up with there and the reality of that is you end up in a, in a situation where data quality is sort of an afterthought. And, and, and that's, that's absolutely kind of what we think. And there's all these tools that have been that are that are being funded right now. All these companies around, you know, kind of data pipeline cleanup of data. And we've taken a different perspective, saying, listen, actually, if you push the problem back to the front end, you can actually help the business team itself, and the and and the way they operate, and the way they work, can help solve some of this at the very front end without even involving the the data side. What's the biggest pushback that you've seen on the technology from others and how are you addressing it? Because obviously uh, making this adoption, doing a more yeah. proactive approach versus a, a reactive in some ways. Uh, what, what's some of those objections you're getting? Yeah, and I, and I think this is, it hits at the core sometimes of some of the challenges we see with adoption at, at certain companies is if the company doesn't have kind of an enterprise data strategy. And in a lot of cases, there's lots of companies out there. I think the numbers are like 65 or more percent of the companies out there do not have an enterprise kind of wide data strategy. A lot of what has to happen when we come in is people get, I call it keep moving cheese. People do not like their processes changed. And it doesn't matter if the process is inefficient and it really is not a great process. It's a process they're comfortable with and they're, and they're okay with the fact that, hey, it may not result in a great outcome, but it's a good enough outcome. And so when we come in, sometimes what we, what we find is that people do not want to have the way they are doing things changed. And so the biggest challenge sometimes is, is actually helping them understand, like, listen, actually the way that you're doing things is really not great. And here's a here's if you insert our, our our this solution in the middle of this, it's going to change take some some process change. The outcome is going to be way you know much much greater. And in a lot of cases, you know, the people uh, you have an agency or something, they may not directly benefit from the process change. It's the enterprise that does. And so in, invariably, there's that conflict of, you know, the brand really saying, listen, we are going to enforce a process change, not only internally, but with our partners and our agencies. And you kind of have to buy into this. And I think what we see is that when the brands are really serious about solving this problem, 
they're able to help help their agencies understand the, the benefit to them. And it makes that relationship, to be honest with you, their, their relationship gets better because there's not the friction that continues, that has in the past kind of continually existed between the two of these, which is everybody keeps throwing the problems downstream and, and it's somebody else's problem to deal with downstream. It ultimately kind of ends up, like we say, the data problems end up in the, in, in the data science and the and data engineering teams. But what, what I see is that Process change is a big, big challenge, but most companies are embracing because it it's not, and there's a lot of automation in the way we're, we're our solution. So it actually speeds up process and time and, and it speeds up um, work time for people because, you know, we see on the front end, people are like, well, it's going to slow down my process. And it's like, well, actually what took you seven days to launch a, you know, launch a campaign, for example, we can shorten that now to three and here's, and, and there's a better outcome on the other side from on the data side. And so some of that is, is just sitting down and having that conversation with people. But um, it really takes a commitment at the enterprise level to, to say, listen, we're, we, we believe that better quality data results in better um, outcomes. The history of, um, of Clarivine and starting 2013, how did, how did it begin? Like, did, was it already enterprise at the very beginning? Um, and, and how did that evolve? Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, at the very beginning, the company was really focused on solving I would say a problem for a certain user and, and, but it was all, but in a sense, it, they weren't thinking about data quality. They're really thinking about, we've got a tracking code problem for the marketer. And right now they're using a spreadsheet to do it. And let's just, let's just allow them to streamline that process. That's kind of where the company started. And it, it was typically a problem that you saw in large, large companies. So when I joined in 2018, there's, I think it was about 25 customers here um, at, at, you know, with at Clarvine and, we quickly kind of realized, listen, that point problem for that individual is one thing, but there's a bigger problem here that if you think about it, it's not just on the marketing side, it's, it's a much bigger problem in the organization. And there's, there's a bunch of constituents. If we, can, if we can take our application and connect it in with the upstream systems, right, you know, the, ad, the, the uh, ad applications, the ad servers and those sorts of things, and, and the other marketing applications, and on the downstream connected to the data, the data applications and the data infrastructure, then there's there's a huge benefit that can be unlocked for the for the enterprise. And so that was largely where we kind of started making the shift. And it was really kind of a uh, going from a I'll call it a submission tool for for data to much more of a management a platform for managing data. And and the implications are pretty significant in how what what you actually have to change from an application perspective. So we had to completely rewrite the application. Um, it was, a, it, was a, it was a wholesale wholesale shift on the product side, but also in the organization, and I think that that was probably the biggest change from our perspective as really kind of focusing on the on a much larger enterprise problem and validating that, and then making the shift as a company to, to go there. And, and and I think that's where we kind of really helped our customers unlock a lot more value. What's do you see as kind of the next big challenge for you guys going going forward then, um, and the next uh, obstacle that you're going to be tackling? Yeah, I think for us, you know, we, we've gone through this process in the last quarter and a half of really realizing, listen, we are kind of changing the way this works. This whole idea of like data quality was a much more a reactive approach, you know, the reactive approach to enterprise to, to versus a proactive approach. And so we really kind of stepped back and said, listen, we don't really fit into an existing category. We are kind of creating our own category here. So we've we've made a definitive decision to really kind of go down a path of having to trailblaze a unique 
and new category, which has its own set of challenges and opportunities. And we view ourselves as a leader in that. And so a lot of this is right now, I think the biggest challenge we have sometimes is, is really being able to get the right people in the room on, on the customer side, which I mean, what I mean by that is there's some customers that are much more advanced and much more mature in their kind of um, evolution as a business around data and how they manage data, how they use data. And it's getting those folks in the room to really understand what the next set of problems are. So what, what we're seeing is um, the number of integrations, the number of points they want to integrate us in the organization is increasing. And so it's making sure that we have the ability to scale that. And what we find is that it's, it's a little bit self-serving because what we find is that as the number of points of integration go up, the stickiness of what we're doing and the value of what we're doing increases. And so, and it, it's, it's symbiotic because the, 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 org, the enterprise is seeing it as a, solving additional problems and solving additional um, uh, and providing more value. And it, and it comes back the same way to us, but it's again, again, it's making sure that we're, building the, how do I say, prioritizing the right integrations and prioritizing the right, um, a, you know, next big thing that we're solving for them so that we're not solving it for the squeakiest wheel, but we're solving it for a much broader set of our customers and, and being consistent with that. And, and, and it aligns with really much with, with our customer set, not a customer. And we're seeing, we're seeing this right now. We, we recently launched a a partnership with a, a mobile company called Branch.io. And, you know, the interesting thing was we've got really very, very significant overlap between customers. And so be able to come together and deliver a solution to those customers that A, creates a lot of value for the customer in their relationship with Branch, but B, it creates a lot of value for their relationship with us. And so those are the types of partnerships we're trying to, and integrations we're really trying to push on because it's, it's, people talk about win-wins. This is really a win-win-win because the partner benefits, we benefit, but ultimately the customer is the one that wins. I, you're, you're touching on a point of, of the concept of uh, integrations in this platform of SaaS connected to other SaaS and, and, and built upon other SaaS. What, what do you see the future is going to look like when it comes to software and SaaS and the, in, the, in the B2B world? Is it just going to become more complex and and just layered and layered and layered? You know, I I don't I don't think that's I think what you're seeing in some ways is when we've seen this trend over the last few years, there's there's much more I think simplification as much how do I say there's simplification is becoming more I think of trend and consumerization maybe is one way to say it. so there's there's consumerization within the applications themselves, but I think you're also seeing um, more standardization. I think enterprises are pushing for this. I think the market's pushing for this. More standardization across channels so that, again, nobody wants to add another, you know, take from 80 SaaS point solutions to 180. But, but I think the challenge you have there is, is one that's going to continue to exist is what are the points of consolidation in which you can, you can, you can aggregate those um, the work or the, the channels, if you want to call it that. And unfortunately, as much as the enterprise wants to simplify, on the other side, you have, I think, even more fragmentation happening. There are some, there are, there's some consolidation in the sense that you have big walled gardens in the fact you have, and they're becoming much, much more distinct. You've got Facebook, you've got Apple, you've got Google and a couple others. But 
it still creates challenges from an organizational perspective because at the same time you're seeing that clearer, much clearer distinction. It, they're also making big changes on the in that ad ecosystem where IDs and cookies and log files are going away, which is the way that industry was architected. So there's a bunch of change happening, but I do think that even that change that's happening is going to standardize this even more because the, 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 the level at which we're analyzing data is now aggregate level data makes it such that you don't need an app specific solution for every single, every single one of those kind of channels, if you want to call it that. But, but again, it, we're going to continue to see some of this fragmentation, but I think you're seeing also the vendors themselves continue to expand their solutions and, um, and provide more value and more coverage for the applications you're, 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 um, you're using. Because again, there's so many point solutions. And, I, and, and again, the, the, there, there's some of that expansion that's happening on the, on the application side at, vendor, at the vendor level. What would you say is just kind of a, a key takeaway uh, for the CMO of an enterprise when it comes to data? And, and ensuring you're actually able to get use out of all the data that's flying around. What, what would you just say is that one key takeaway um, for someone? Yeah, it's interesting because I think over the last number of years, there's been a lot of talk about, kind of, in the, especially on, in the enterprise and in the data space, about first, second, third-party data. We're seeing this huge shift, and some of this is being brought on by the industry itself with privacy push towards first-party data. And what do you mean by first-party data? data? Uh, first-party data is, is data that I originates from me as the enterprise around and about my customers through their interactions with me. Um, third-party data, think about it, is I gain insights about my users or my customers through information that is collected by third parties that they share with me. Gotcha. And gotcha. so... The challenge is right now with privacy is a lot of that third-party data and the ability to connect that third-party data back to your, to your user, and it's, it's not data you've collected, is, is being challenged. And, and that's what's happening when I was talking earlier with Google and, and, and Apple. And, it's, and, and I, think it's a, it's, it's, I think it's a real fundamental shift. But what I would say is what it's doing is it's really increasing the value. If I'm a CMO, it's really cre- increasing the importance of me collecting and managing that first-party data asset in a way that it is the most valuable thing that I have at my, you know, that I have as a tool and as a, as an asset, as an organization. You can't rely on third-party data, or soon won't be able to in the same. Yeah, way. it's becoming a more challenging to do that. So that that, and so what I think you're going to see is I actually fundamentally think what you're going to see is those organizations that are data-rich, that are that have massive scale. In some way, with the third, as much as I think some of them are still fighting this a little bit because it's, it's a change, everybody fights change. You're going to see that that data itself, in some ways, creates really interesting competitive moats for them that that were there before, but are I think even become more distinct and more valuable going forward because you are you have you are one of those. You're one of those lucky ones that has scale, and you you know it's not just scale in the sense that you got large large. Uh, set of customers and, 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 and that way, but yeah, data you also have depth of data on those users. And so I think that becomes a really interesting competitive mode as the third party becomes less readily available um, in the marketplace. That's a fascinating uh, perspective on the trend of third party data 
goes away or will decrease substantially. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to diminish. And, and so the real asset will be each customer, each company organization has their own data of their customers. And now they just need to focus on deepening that. They're not going to be able to just plug it and say, all right, just give me third-party data so I can then get all the other content from other yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think- More inward focused. Yeah, and those and those those companies that, and, and I think people have recognized this, but I think this is even kind of forcing more clarity and more focus around that, and more conviction around it. And so it's going to be really interesting over the next few years as this as this transition happens, and and I think it's going to create in in some ways some real winners and losers. And I think there's you know, and a lot of it comes down to how well you manage that asset. Is it such a valuable? It's such a valuable component of of what really is going to be enable that organization going forward to really create meaningful, unique, and personalized experiences with their customers. And that's and that's really the bet we we have made as a company. We are largely architected around that world that I'm talking about, which is all around first party data. And it's it's less this world that we lived in where it was all kind of ID based and everything. It's it's about this. It's about this first-party data and the value of that data. Well, thank you so much for helping us understand both where things are are headed in many ways, and the and the need for this data integrity of of and the value of first-party data, and then a good platform for those CMOs of enterprises to to be able to make that happen. Um, for those that do want to learn more, again, uh, the site is claravine.com. That's C-L-A-R-A Vine like the old the software that no longer exists <laughs> fine claravine.com and it looks like you'll be able to to get um learn more probably get a demo uh of the platform there we'd love to do demos we'd love to talk <laughs> like, to about what give us a I, I just i just think what we're doing is that the world is shifting in a way that it, data quality and data integrity is just at the core of kind of everything that's going to happen going forward in the first party Thank you so much again, Viral, and we'll see you all in the next episode of Uptech Report. Have you seen a company using AI, machine learning, or other technology to transform the way we live, work, and do business? Go to uptechreport.com and let us know.